of 1st Thessalonians and we're going to 1st Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17 anybody need him I just today we're going to be just digging in and, and reaching in as it pertains to prayer and connecting with God even as we get ready to head into this week of prayer as a church and I just encourage you in this moment right where you are to lean in with me and let's seek God together let's believe God together as I believe that this is getting ready to be our best season our best year yet but it especially is going to happen as we are grounded rooted and grounded as we talked about last week not just in God's word but today I want to talk about being rooted and grounded especially in prayer in prayer and so if you will let's go ahead and we're going to read the scripture for today it's just one small verse for our hearing but it is potent it is chock full of power and so we're going to jump in and the Bible declares and says pray without ceasing pray without ceasing and in fact that's short enough for you to go ahead and put that in the chat come on put in the chat pray without ceasing pray without ceasing let's go before the Lord in prayer and believe him for something mighty today God we thank you so much for what you have given what you have done so far in this house Lord nothing that has transpired has been without your help Lord we know that it is not us that makes ministry go forward but it is our partnership with you it is not by might or by power but it is by your spirit so even now as your word goes forth God I pray that you wouldn't just bless us here at Serve City. But I pray, Lord, that you would bless everyone around the city of Toronto, the greater Toronto area that is preaching your gospel as they are not our comp com competitors, but they are our co-laborers. And even around the world, Lord God, wherever people are watching, open hearts and minds, Lord, that lives would be impacted and changed. Lord, even the churches that we cover, that we're in fellowship with and accountable to, let your power and your might move for your glory. And we thank you and we give you honor in Jesus' mighty name. Let everybody say amen, amen. God bless you. Uh, Y'all was playing today, fam. God bless you, uh, worship team. We're so grateful for you guys. And we're so grateful uh, for your service in pointing us to Jesus. So we continue in our Grounded series. If you have not done so yet, I encourage you to click subscribe, uh, to give this video a thumbs up if it's blessing you, and take a moment and share this link uh, because we want to encourage you. Uh, we want to encourage somebody to be uh, blessed. Invite someone to watch it with you. Praise the Lord. And if anything blesses you, again, reiterating, go ahead and uh, any quotes or anything like that, tag us at Serve City GTA and we will reshare and send some reshare love back to you. Praise God. Well, listen, our Grounded series, we're here at part three and I would love to uh, just, I'm excited to dig in because I sense, you know, that the Lord truly is calling us. Uh, you know, we hear we hear First uh, Thessalonians chapter five verse seventeen. The apostle Paul is declaring this statement in this party bag. It's like a mixed bag of nuts. You know, in the mixed bag of nuts, there's all sorts of stuff. There's raisins in there. There's you know, sometimes I like when they have those uh, ringalos. You know, the, the anybody know what I'm talking about? The barbecue flavor. 
right, in the mixed bag. And I just, sometimes I just dig through the bag and just pick those out and just eat all of those. And then other, other stuff is later. Some of y'all like raisins, all that. But here in uh, First Thessalonians, Paul is sharing a number of things. He also says re- things like rejoice evermore and all these beautiful things that he shares in the passage. Despise not prophesying, you know, quench not the spirit, test everything or prove everything and only hold fast to that which is true. Uh, he, he says wonderful things in this passage, uh, but the thing that I love especially is this verse. It's kind of like the Jesus wept verse. It's so powerful because it, exp- it, it, uh, it exposes the multi-dimensional savior that we have. Uh, and I just think it's, it's, you know, it's amazing because there's so many facets to this uh, idea of prayer. And I want to share, um, you know, if, if lots of people, they ask us and they say, yeah, you guys are at four years and how did all of this stuff happen? And then even as it pertains to, uh, you know, my life personally, people ask me, you know, how is it that, you know, I'm always talking about miracles and even, you know, just various things in my life that have transpired. And I let people know all the time, whether it's related to our church or whether it's related to my personal life, uh, I tell them it's by ashy knees. Come on. So as a result of ashy knees, you know, some of y'all can't relate to that, uh, but, <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, the fact of the matter is, at least where I'm at, you know, uh, it is ashy knees. For some, uh, you know, it's just the fact that your knees are cramped because you have spent so much time on your knees. And for us, this is the case, not to be braggadocious, not to be seen of men, but indeed to be connected with God because it is You know, it is God, it is hearing from God, it is being connected with him. It's from listening, having your ear to God's mouth, you know. Because see, the thing is, prayer is not just about us talking, but in many regards, it's about us listening. It's about us hearing from God. And, you know, there are many who complain and say, I can't hear from God, I don't hear anything from God. And the fact is, not only do many of these people who are declaring this, uh, oftentimes not only are you not in your word, right, which is the biggest way that God will speak to us uh, because he's given us, you know, this entire book full of power to be able to give us strength to walk through this life. But not only this, you know, many of these people uh, who declare this and many of you who declare this, and again, not in a judgmental fashion, but just as a matter of fact, Uh, We are not, if you check your prayer life, your prayer life is not intact. In other words, you're not communicating with God. You're not spending time investing in getting in God's presence. And for me, you know, and again, I just share this as a pastor who is leading now hundreds of people and the idea of covering people and sharing and helping church planters and covering churches and all these sorts of things. There is no way. And then aside from all of the ministerial things, my family. I got a family, uh, just like your family. Some people think that pastors' families are perfect. Nah, fam, that whole no perfect people allowed thing, that starts with me. Because I'll be honest. Is it okay for pastors to be honest? You know, my marriage has issues I have to work through. My kids have things they have to work through. We got health stuff, and we got all sorts of things. And on top of covering and leading and fulfilling this calling that God has given us. And there is absolutely no way. No way that I would be able to accomplish the things that I do on a regular basis. And those who are close to me know, they're like, Pastor, how on earth do you do? And I'm like, it's because of supernatural strength and guidance that comes from prayer. Every day, every day, 
every day I spend at least an hour, an hour in prayer and study, usually before the house is up and going, you know, because I want to seek God. I seek God on behalf of myself and behalf of my family and, and not only this, but also on behalf of our church and interceding on the behalf of friends and, and, and all of this because, because it's necessary. It's necessary. It's necessary to, to have and carve out time for a prayer life. No prayer, no power. Come on. In fact, that's just point blank. That's not a point or anything. I just want you to grab it. If you can, go ahead. Put that in the chat. No prayer, no power. Let's just establish that. And many of us, we are not witnessing the power of God in our lives. And it's because we are not given to prayer. And I'm telling you, even as it pertains to our church, the things, the success that some will look and say, how did this happen? It's because you have no clue. Like I said, we have an intercessory team that is praying, that is over your prayer requests and things of this nature. Uh, they are praying over your prayer requests week by week. Not only this, before the service transpires, we are here, our dream team, our church family that is here, that is here. When the building is open and people come and uh, we are serving in this context, our team is in here and we are interceding. We are praying. We are believing for you. We are declaring over your life impact and change. I'm telling you, the future, the future, hear me, the future and potency therein is going to be given to the prayerful. Uh, I mean, uh, those of us who will be efficacious in the season ahead are those who are going to get before the Lord. I don't know about you, but especially in the midst of such ambiguity, uh, when we're waking up and we're wondering whether we should go to the left or to the right. I'm so glad that Yahweh declares in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 8 and 9, the Bible the Bible uh, makes it clear. Uh, the Proverbs 3, rather, verse 6, 5 and 6 declares, trust in the Lord with all of of your heart and lead not to your own understanding in all of your ways if you acknowledge him he will direct your path and so I don't know who I'm talking to if you are wondering where to go where to go from the right or from the left uh, not only do we seek God in his word but I dare you oh I'm calling unto you Lord reveal and release unto us a spirit of prayer I dare you I double dog dare you to get in the face of the Lord and seek him and ask him and he promises us in his word that he will direct our path oh can i just speak apostolically even to the church i'm believing that god has such a massive mandate on the church at large and the fact of the matter is if we would uh, come away from the news and yes you got to see what's happening but some of us are spending hey glory some of us are spending more time in fear and more time with our face in the news than we are are lining the news up to the word and to the voice of God we got to spend in this hour more of our time in God's face and listening to what it is that he is saying and church kingdom hear me when it is that we rise up if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways I will hear from heaven and heal their land. Might not feel this thing. I'm about to run around this place all by myself. The church, God has plans for us, but I encourage you. It's time for us to put aside the foolishness. Stop walking in the fear that God didn't give us and ask him to manifest the faith that he has given us. And so there are three types of prayer. 
especially in there are a number of ways that this is lived out and fleshed out. But I want to encourage you around this today. And for those who are the online uh, hosts today, I'm going to be going through a number of scriptures. And some of you have expressed, I've heard that you want to, uh, you know, find where these scriptures are and make sure that you have them there. So online hosts, if you can be punctilious or intentional, if you will, about putting those scriptures in the chat so that those who are watching uh, can make sure. And I encourage you, don't just rely on them. Grab a notebook. Come on, just go ahead. Grab a notebook. Grab, get your phone. Open the note app or whatever and take these down. Because as I've been telling you, God is calling us to be as the Bereans that we learned about last week. Not just hearing the word, not just being to the place where it's oh, But you guys, I could be lying to you. Make sure that you go and you check for yourself and test and see if what I am saying is in the word. But there are three main aspects of prayer. There, are, there is personal prayer. Everybody say personal prayer. And personal prayer is that which we are speaking about. Like in my prayer time, some of you, you can't afford based on your, uh, based on your you know, life structure and the way that things are to commit an hour of prayer, uh, to, you know, a day based on your schedule and all of that. But some of you, it's 15 minutes. For some of you, it's five minutes. Some of you, it's the drive to work. But that's the time when you will pray and you'll seek God and talk to him about the things that are on your heart. But not only that, there is intercessory prayer. Everybody's say intercession 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 or intercessory prayer is prayer where we are praying on the behalf of someone else like the apostle paul talks about in his in uh, in ephesians chapter 6 after he lists out the whole armor of god he declares and he says uh in verse in verse 18 that we ought to pray at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication uh and he goes on and he talks about uh in, in yes with all prayer and supplication and then he goes on and he says for all uh to, to that end keep alert and perseverance making supplication for all the saints and so this idea of us praying on behalf of one another some of us are so selfish in our prayer you know, and all that we pray about is for ourselves. And we spend more time talking about our family than praying for our family. And God is not just calling our church uh, to be a church that prays for ourselves. But God is calling us to be a church that intercedes. That intercedes for the body. That intercedes for our city. And that intercedes for the nations of the world. Even as he has given us this assignment to be able to reach the nations of the world. As many of you are watching from different places at this point. But then the last way is corporately. And when we get together in person or we get together corporately and we pray together, you know, even as my wife weekly gathers prayer requests from our body or the family or everywhere. And as a church family, we come together around prayer requests and we believe God to, to do the miraculous and to let his power be manifest uh, corporately in our body. And so this is a powerful thing because we have seen mighty things happen happen when it is that we come together congregationally or corporately and pray together praise the lord we even see this in the book of acts uh you know chapter four and this isn't this is just a reference but you can go check that out write it down check it out later you know when they are when they are there's persecution that is coming against them that they come together and they pray and not only do they pray and ask for boldness but the place is shaken the holy spirit is poured out again after pentecost and the bible makes it clear that they then go forward and continue preaching the word with boldness 
And so there's power when we corporately come together and we pray. Praise the Lord. So today I want to, uh, if you will, I'm going to give title this message. If I was to title it something, I would call it knee deep. Come on. Uh, in fact, go ahead in the comments and put, we got to be knee deep. Come on. You got to be knee deep in prayer. That's it. That's it. We've got to be knee deep. How many of you know that at the feet of Jesus is the highest place you'll ever be? At the feet of Jesus is the highest place you will ever be. Come on. It is not in a pulpit. It is not jumping around and singing a song. It is not with uh, in a titular fashion having the highest form of a title. But it's at the feet of Jesus. And so I want to I wanna unpack this thing called prayer. And I believe there's some principles. Uh, you know, for those of you who are new to Christianity, this is something that you need to grab. Because some of y'all are like, okay, how am I supposed to pray and all of this? But then even for those of us who are believers, God is calling us back to the place of prayer. Come on. God is calling you out of fear. Be delivered. Oh my, I just feel him right here. There's such a delivering anointing on this today. I believe that deliverance is going to be wrought even as you would come out of your fear by the power of God into the place of prayer it's time to go knee deep here we go we're going to be grounded by being knee deep and so uh, watch this as we're unpacking what it looks like uh, I want to I want to call you out of pride and I want to call those of you who are like I already know this I want to call you out of that and to submit to God and his word in this moment and so here we go uh the bible the first thing I'm going to tell you about prayer somebody say number one First thing I'm going to tell you about prayer. Here it is. Point number one for you. Our prayer should be consistent and persistent. Come on. Our prayer should be consistent and persistent. First passage for us to look at today is Luke chapter 18. What book did I say? We're going to Luke chapter 18, verse 1 through 8. I'm sure you put, go ahead, put that in the chat. Our prayer should be consistent and it should be persistent in line. And this is why I love the Bible because the Bible is the unity of Scripture. Uh, there is unity in Scripture. We find that people say similar things elsewhere. Or you'll find the apostles echoing the sentiments of Christ. And Jesus, he says and declares, and he told them a parable. Here's verse 1, to the effect that they ought to always pray and not to lose heart they always pray i'm reading in the esv and not lose heart you know uh, some of translations say men ought to always pray and not faint and here he's making it clear that we've got to always pray and not and not lose heart. Not only do we need to build prayer into our everyday lives in that we cut out and carve out time like many of us are going to do during this week of prayer this week. Uh, you know, not only are we going to do that, uh, but we have to be prayerful. In other words, you're walking uh, prayerfully as you're navigating through your day. Not only did you pray to begin the day, but you are praying throughout the day, seeking God when you're instead of uh, some. Sometimes instead of going and you pulling out your phone and 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 uh, scrolling into oblivion, you ought to use those blank moments to seek God. God, what can? How can you use me today? Come on, what can you? What do you desire to do through me in this moment? And so He says that we ought to pray and then not lose heart. The reason why many of you you are losing heart and you have so much anxiety is because you're scrolling, looking at everybody's life. You're scrolling and you're watching, and you got the news updates on the phone every ten seconds, and so you're full of anxiety. You're full of fear because instead of praying uh, always, so that you don't lose heart you are scrolling always and consequently losing heart 
And the fact of the matter is that our prayer should be consistent, he's saying. We ought to always pray. We ought to always seek God. We ought to always lead in prayer. Even as we're going into this month and this year, we ought to always lead in prayer. Are you still with me? Come on. Uh, and so uh, here in the text, he goes on, and he says in verse, uh, verse 2, he said, and this is what he talks about as it pertains to consistent and persistent. Here it is. He says, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in the city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. So here's there's this woman, this praying widow who is, uh, but this, and he's using this person rather as an example. And she keeps going before uh, the judge saying give me justice against my adversary verse 4 for a while he refused but afterwards he said to himself though I neither fear God nor respect man yet because this widow keeps bothering me I will somebody say bothering me bothering me I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual here's the persistence continual coming verse 6 and the Lord said hear what the unrighteous judge says uh the unrighteous judge says and will not God give justice to his elect those who are called those who are chosen who cry out to him day and night will he delay long over them I tell you he will give justice to them speedily somebody type in the chat speedily come on speedily nevertheless when the son of man comes will he find faith in the earth so here this is passage and this woman this widow she is not just consistent but she is persistent in her request before this judge that doesn't fear God or man and Jesus uses this as an example to say this is a wicked judge but imagine the God who loves you if he in that moment when you go before him would not give you the things that you are in need of and do so speedily come on the fact of the matter let me just tell you this no this does not mean that everything that we are persistent about that God is going to say yes to come on but many of you don't even know if it's a yes or a no because you gave up the first time that you prayed there are many of you you have not even asked God come on that you just said oh this must be the will of the Lord you know you have seen sickness and you have seen bondage in your life and you're seeing what's going on around in the world come on can I talk to the church and many of us have spent more time whining and complaining than we are praying or we prayed once or we prayed a couple times I'm telling you you got to get to the place where the body and the kingdom is resilient come on somebody where you have some kingdom resilience where we get on the offense and we say we are going to cry out to our God until COVID backs up off the planet I don't care if you think it's a hoax or you think it's whatever it's people that are dying and when the spirit of death and all of this stuff is in the earth I don't care if it's conspiracy I don't care what it is how many of you know that God is greater than the conspiracy oh my y'all don't want to be real with me today Christ is greater than the conspiracy I don't care if it's 5g or 10g or 50g I serve Jesus who is the OG come on somebody and he's greater than all of that and y'all spending so much time tripping instead of praying he says that she's going to go, and she keeps going, you know, and it's nuts because yesterday I was at the house, and I'll never forget Saturday morning, Saturday is our, our family day, and we spend a lot of time in our family on Saturday, it's the time it's been allotted, I think I said that in this whole Grounded series a couple of weeks ago, and you know, on Saturdays the kids get to play, 
uh, you know, Fortnite, and they love Fortnite to the max, right? And they had a specified amount of time while I was, you know, making the pancakes, because that's, like I said, I'm a one-trick pony, that's what I do. And so dad's making the, food, the breakfast, the brunch, and they're getting ready, and they had a specific time. Now, so once the time was up, Noah went away, and he did his thing, and Gabriel does something different. He does something different, and this was, this was incredible because Gabriel then comes, and, uh, you know, and Gabriel goes to his mom when his time is up and says, Mom, can I play for another, I think it was like half an hour. And his mom in that moment says, yes, son. And so he's like, bet, okay. And he goes, and he plays for half an hour, for half an hour more. Noah shows up out of the room, and he's like, this is not fair. And he's tripping. And he's losing his mind, uh, you know, because Gabriel got to play for an extra half hour or however long it was that he was playing. And the thing is, what's insane about it, uh, and they're probably talking about me in the chat right now, Gabriel and Noah, if they're in the chat. Uh, but the crazy thing is that Noah got mad, but he didn't ask. He's like, it's not fair because it should only go this far. And this is what was said. Come on. And he's getting mad at Gabriel and his mom and Gabriel's like, all I did was ask. Mom could have said, no, come on, somebody. But I asked, so you can't get mad at me for what's happening in my life because you didn't ask and I did. Come on, somebody. You got hate. Oh, my, y'all don't want to be real me today. You got haters in your life and people tripping over what you drive in, tripping over what you have, tripping over your marriage. Oh, my, your marriage working, tripping over your health and the fact that you got healed from sickness. And at the end of the day, many of them, they didn't ask Jesus not one thing. Come on, somebody. But they're mad at you. Don't get mad at me because of what's happening as a result of being in the place of prayer oh can I talk to a pastor today I encourage you to lean in to the presence of the Lord stop coveting and looking at what everybody else has and thinking oh woe is me and Jesus could not maybe I'm not really called have you been in his face have you been seeking his presence stop comparing stop tripping and it's time for us to bombard heaven and to pray with consistency and persistence if you believe that God answers prayers I dare you to put those hands together and give him the glory right where you are come on somebody not only this now watch this but going onward you know not only should we pray consistently and persistent but number two and then I got three more for you and we'll be out of here number two I want you to understand this our prayers should not be prideful are hypocritical here it is fick it, fick it. our prayers should not be prideful or hypocritical in other words there are many of us the reasons why we are not seeing our prayers answered or the reason why we're not effective as we pray is because of pride and arrogance and not only this another word uh hypocrisy i remember when my children learned that word for the first time they used to run around the house they used to be like dad uh Claire is hypocriting me. <laughs> They're learning. They learn what this word means and we had to teach them, you know, how to use it appropriately. But, you know, prayers should not be prideful or hypocritical. Uh, there's a story. There's a story. There's this powerful story that we find in regards to uh, the Pharisee and the tax collector. And I love it because it tells us and it encourages us around um, the, the power and the way that oftentimes... Oftentimes we uh, approach prayer and we do so in a prideful.
respectful manner. And so, you know, there's this story and this story, it happens where there's this tax collector who, and Jesus tells this parable because he's encouraging, you know, about the fact that there are many people who are hypocritical and there are many people who put trust in their own works uh, for salvation and they put trust in their own works thinking that it's them who is responsible for breakthrough and things happening in their lives, you know, and so it's encouraged, it's in important for us to understand that this is not the case so in Luke chapter 18 Luke chapter 18 verse 9 the Bible says he also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt verse 10 two men went up into the temple to pray one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector the Pharisee standing by himself prayed everybody say he prayed prayed thus god watch this prayer this is this is a waste you prayer here it is he says god i thank you that i'm not like the other men extortioners unjust don't this sound like someone when we come before the throne we're like oh god i'm coming because i'm so good you know i'm coming because i got it together i'm coming because i'm not like such and such and you know we got people you got people in your mind that you know that you're better than Come on, somebody. You're like, oh, I, my position is better than them. I do this better than them. See, some of y'all don't want to admit it, but you know that it's the truth. And the fact of the matter is this is hypocrisy. This is pride. And the Pharisee, you know, he says, I'm glad I'm not like these people. And then he says, even like this tax collector. So he's praying and he's doing this and he's talking uh, to God and saying, I'm thankful that I'm better than this guy who's next to me. Verse 12, I fast twice a week. I give tithes, especially if we're getting ready to get into this time of fasting and prayer. This is imperative for us to understand. I give tithes of all that I get, but the tax collector standing far off would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his chest or his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. The Bible says, I tell you, this man went more, went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Here we find this man, he is arrogant, he is prideful. Yes, he may be doing all these things, but he's doing them with, in self-righteousness. He's doing them from a place of hypocrisy. He's doing this from a place of pride. And instead of seeking God and coming before God in a humble fashion, come on, he decides instead to thank God that he's not like somebody else. Not realizing that this pride is positioning him to ask in a position where he is exalting himself and consequently he will be humble God does not receive prideful prayers God does not receive when we do things in arrogance and when we pray in arrogance it's imperative for us not to be hypocritical remembering that even though you might have a few box checked off that your boo-boo still don't smell like Chanel number five at the end of the day, there are areas of our life where we are still, any witnesses other than me, where we are still jacked up and we should never come before the Lord in a place of arrogance. But we should always remember that there is, that not only is there someone that's always farther ahead than us, but that we are always, we are ever in need of God's grace. Are you with me? But then not only this. The Bible makes it clear because we're not just talking about uh, pride, but also pride even as it pertains to unforgiveness. Mark chapter 11. What book did I say? Mark chapter 11, verse 24 and 25. The Bible says, therefore, I tell you, 
Mark 11, verse 24 and 25, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And last week, remember I told you that statements like these are all based on if we are asking according to not God, not only God's will, but also his word. If you're planted like a tree by the rivers of water, Psalm 1, I hope you're memorizing it, uh, you know, that we will bring forth fruit. And that person, whatever they do, uh, will prosper. The one who is planted in God's word. When he says, so whatever you pray and ask in prayer and believe, uh, it will be yours. Verse 25, and whenever you stand praying, watch this, forgive if you have anything against anyone. So that your father also who is in heaven may forgive your trespasses. Can I tell somebody watching today that the fact of the matter is the reason why you are still walking around with that guilt. The reason why you feel always like you are unforgiven is because the spirit of unforgiveness has captured your heart. And many times it's not until we position ourselves by releasing those who we are holding grudges against, releasing those who have harmed us and those who we are wishing ill upon. It's not until we forgive them that we truly will exp experience the breakthrough. It's not until, you know, that forgive unforgiveness is one of the biggest hypocritical and prideful acts. Because we forget, we in pride, we position ourselves to think that we're better than the person who has harmed us. That we are not just as in need of grace as they are. Come on, somebody. But when God has forgiven you of much, this is why the Bible talks about he who has been forgiven much loves much. Come on, somebody. When you know about what it is that God has done for you, when you truly focus on the gospel and his incredible love that has been demonstrated to you, you can get to the place where you can forgive that person no matter how ratchet, no matter how challenging, no matter how sucky what it is has been done to you even if you never hear an apology your peace is worth more than an apology oh i'm talking to somebody today your peace is worth more than an apology and sometimes you're not getting out of prayer what it is that you need out of prayer because you are harboring unforgiveness Oh, can I tell you some more talking about hypocrisy, talking about pride and all of these things because there are things that hinder our prayers from being answered. And I'm moving, I'm moving, I got to move, but I want you to grab this. First Peter chapter 3 verse 7. This one is for husbands, for the I am man, hear me roar. This is for the man that, you know, and even the spouse just in general that thinks that you can be condescending and that you can, oh yeah, you know, wives, submit yourself to your husbands. And, you know, even as unto Christ and the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ. Christ is the head of the body and you do all that stuff but we don't keep reading where he says husbands that you're supposed to love your wives even as Christ loved the church come on somebody that you're to treat them as your own body so much so that he gave his life for them and so look look at what Peter says in first Peter chapter 3 verse 7 I want you to understand uh, for some there's some men your prayer is not being answered this is why likewise husbands live with your wives in understand in an understanding way Showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel. And he's not saying this in an insulting manner. He's saying it after the order uh, as they were created. As we're to cover, we're to be strong, we're to post, supposed to uphold and all of these things. Doesn't mean that women are weak. He didn't say that. He just said weaker in terms of positioning. Since they are heirs with you of the grace of life. Watch this. So that your prayers may not be hindered. So he says dishonoring your spouse. 
dishonoring your spouse, being to the place where you are not showing honor, where you are not understanding. This are, these are things that will hinder your prayers. There are many of us, we just jump into this thing and we think, oh, I can just get on my knees and I can be mean as jacks. I can be, I can be, I can look at, I can be out here and be a screw face as a Mack truck and treat everybody a mess. And then at the end of the day, I can still get down on my knees and God is going to hear, hear my prayer. You ought to repent. Come out of dishonor. Come on. Isn't it suck how there are many that they run around and you honor every other woman but your wife? Oh, can I just, I know, I'm actually, I'm, I'm we're standing flat-footed on this thing because I want some of y'all to understand it. You got compliments for everybody's husband except your husband. Come on, somebody. Where you run around and you treat everybody else with honor and all this. But then when you get home, you slapping and you yelling and you raising your voice and you all can acting like Hulk smash. I'm here to tell you this is why you are not having your prayers answered. And you need to get some help if you need it. But at the end of the day, don't think that you can dishonor your spouse and still get your prayers answered by God is it okay if I keep it real on today somebody needs to be delivered from abuse and delivered from all of these things but I'm moving so not only does prayer need to be consistent and persistent and not only should our prayers not be prideful or hypocritical I want you to understand this uh, number three here we go we're just going uh, and I got two more for you after this pray boldly this is what I want you to do so those are some things I want you to know this is what I want you to do pray boldly and unashamedly pray boldly in fact say that with me right there in your living room say pray boldly and unashamedly pray boldly and unashamedly I want to deal with the first aspect of this the fact of the matter is that there are many of you who are in a position where you are praying and you are scared to pray because and the reason why you are scared to pray is because you feel like you are unworthy and even though you are saved you're like oh look what I did even the stuff I'm saying right now and you're like you know what I'm like oh man this is crazy all these things that you're saying pastor and I feel like no you can repent come on and the Bible Bible makes it clear that we can come boldly this is why we say no perfect people allowed God wants you just as you are he wants you just as you are this week as we enter this week of prayer I want you to come boldly listen you will never be righteous enough in and of yourself to come before the throne of God you will never have enough dots uh, to, enough boxes ticked enough uh, eyes dotted and T's crossed for you to earn the presence or earn the right to be in the presence of God but the Bible makes it clear in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 write this down Hebrews 4 verse 16 uh, the writer declares and says let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace in the help of need you don't in the time of need you do not need to go before God oh man be pamby and you don't need to go before God you can come before God and as long as you do so in humility you can come boldly and come boldly knowing that because of the blood of Jesus you and I can be in his presence Ephesians 6 verse 11 and 12 Ephesians 6 verse 11 and 12 someone put it in the chat someone write it down uh, this watch this says this was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord and you can read the whole passage for context later if you wish I'm just isolating this verse for uh, the point in whom we have boldness and access with confidence 
through faith in him. And so stop going before God. God, I am a worm and God, I'm a... When you do that and you come like this, you are literally positioning, you are insulting the sacrifice that Christ has made. He died to make you righteous. He died as Ephesians 1 and 2 and this book lets us know he to, to be seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Now we can have access to the throne of God because of the blood. So we've got to come boldly. Somebody say boldly. Not only this, so this is, this is boldly. We pray boldly, but not only do we pray boldly, we do so unashamedly. You know, the issue is not that they've taken prayer out of schools and all this stuff. You know, this is not a theocracy. We don't live in a world or in a, in a system. The government is not submitted to, our, to Yahweh. The government is not, you know, doing everything in the name of Jesus. And in public context, you know, all of this, we don't force people. We don't come and overthrow everything and you will pray and you need to pray. We don't do all that. And everybody tripping about taking prayers out of school. I don't care if the people don't pray. If the, if the teachers pray. I don't care if the teachers don't pray. I don't care if the principals don't pray. All I care about, do my kids pray? And my kids in there, when they go to school and they in the lunchroom, the thing that matters to me the most is that they stop in an unashamed fashion. Come on. And they say, oh, when their friends is talking, hold up, I need to pray for my food. And they take that moment and they pray for their food. Come on. That is what matters. That is what matters. No matter what everybody else is doing, institutions come and go. But as we are, as the people of God, we need to get to the place where we are walking. Come on. With boldness and we are walking in an unashamed fashion where we are saying don't matter what everybody else is doing we will take i don't care how many of you isn't it been awkward you're talking to your friends you with unbelievers and you're in the in the the, the, the food court at stc and you went and you got your food you know that yo there's so much all of it all of it is run belly type stuff not to, to be honest but you know you, you just go and you pick which, which one am i going to choose to run my belly today which one is it going to be you know Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. And then, you know, and then we go and we get our food and we there. And then, you know, you're talking and they're talking, talking about peeping mans or, or peeping this gal and, you know, and, and, and all this stuff and whatever. And then in the midst of that, you're like, oh, wait, hold on a second. And some of us, we, this is what you do. You know what I'm talking about. You take the food and you're eating it and you're, you're praying under your breath, eating the food because you're like, oh, I don't want to look weird. Come on, somebody. I wonder if we can get to the place again where we are unashamed of the gospel. We are unashamed of our God. I bet some of y'all's belly ran. Come on, somebody, because you didn't, you weren't, uh, you weren't unashamed and prayed over that food. Come on. You need to get to the place where we are not scared again and we are unashamed and we say guess what we gonna take this time out you can stop for a minute and i'm gonna pray over my food no matter if they don't pray come on somebody can i just preach and stand flat-footed on this thing i mean i hear about daniel in daniel chapter six you know story we've been looking at daniel i love daniel i love daniel and his friends such a powerful book not only uh, is there eschatological value dealing with the in things and all of this but there's so many things prophetically that are continuing to unfold from the book of daniel and their lives daniel and his friends their witness is unequivocal it is so powerful and potent and so you know in daniel chapter six we find that da that the king who actually likes daniel he has some advisors who are waste suits and this is why you have to be, Daniel, this is the thing. When Daniel got thrown in the lion's den in Daniel chapter 6, I want you to write that down and go and check it out in your spare time. When Daniel got thrown in the lion's den, the king didn't actually want to throw him in. But the advisors of the king, 
They told, they were, they wanted to find, and they're always trying to arms Daniel and his friends. They're always trying to get them lock up because they are uh, foreigners. They are Hebrews. And so, and, and you know, they didn't ask to be there. They got captured. But these guys are always trying to find ways to get them murdered. And so they're like, let's make a plan. Let's make a plan and let's go to the king. And based on where the king is, although the king is a heathen, he still likes Daniel. And what happens is we find that uh, the king, they go to the king and they're like, let's make a plan. And anyone who prays or petitions any other God or any other ruler or leader or anything of this nature uh, for this space of time, that they will be thrown into the lion's den and be put to death. And they all now know that Daniel is a prayer warrior. They all now know that Daniel honors and worships Yahweh, the most high God. But they decide to go. And so Darius goes, the king goes, all right, sure, fam. Yeah, that sounds good. Let's do it. This is what the king says, and he steal, seals it, and it's irrevocable. So he is unable to change his mind. And this is what happens. Then they, once the decree is made, they go out and they say, this is what's going to happen. If anybody petitions any other god or ruler or anybody of this nature uh, during this time, they are going to be thrown into the lion's den and all of this. And I love, yo, I'm telling you, fam, like I wish I, I just want this bout it, bout it type faith, fam. I want this serious faith that Daniel and his friends have. God manifested unto us that we would be such as this. Daniel chapter 6 verse 10. Watch what happens. Bible says, when Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber. So he didn't go and cower in the living room. He's not like, yo, let's close the drapes, fam. Let's go in the corner and let's pray and let's shake and quiver like a leaf in the wind. You know what I mean? He goes, no, he goes into his upper chamber where the window is and he got down. Come on, he got knee deep. Come on, somebody say knee deep. Someone who didn't put it in the chat, go ahead and put knee deep in the chat. He got knee deep three times a day. Talk about consistency and persistence and unashamed prayer. Watch this. And gave thanks before Yahweh as he had done previously. As soon as he hears about the issue, he says, no, 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 fam. I'm not going to run away. I'm not going to trip. I'm not going to go and hide. I'm not going to go and pray in the corner, but I'm going to open the window and I am going to declare and I'm going to pray and give thanks before the most high God in front of these false gods because at the end of the day, he deserves my worship. He deserves my praise and he deserves my prayer. And I need to hear from him about how it is that I'm going to get through. Oh my, what would happen? if we would be unashamed in our jobs what would happen if we would be unashamed when they say you can't pray or you can't do this or you can't do that that you find a witty way to be able to still do blatantly and openly what it is that God has commanded us to do there are many of you you're concerned about oh they're trying to stop us from worshiping worship anyhow those who truly are worshipers of God you don't need a building to give him the glory come on somebody even if they put a mask over your mouth you still will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall still continually be in your mouth. Your mask shouldn't be a muzzle. And like it said, watch this. He gave God thanks before his God and had, as he had done previously. Trouble is only going to magnify already what's in your life trouble magnifies what's already in your life come on somebody if as many of you you're like oh man i can't worship now because they put a thing over my that's because you weren't worshiping before come on somebody so you're not missing it and many of you you were looking for an opportunity to be able to stop do 
it what you didn't even want to do in the first place oh no I can't connect because now you know they got us distance and this whole physical distance so you didn't want to connect in the first place come on somebody and so the fact of the matter is if you want to connect with people you're going to connect with them come on if you want to worship you're going to worship if you know you can't live without worship you would rather die than worship that you would rather die than not be able to worship you oh my god it don't matter what they tell you you can't do it trouble magnified when you are unashamed and when you are a follower of God and a seeker of God it often it, it should pull out of you with greater intensity what's already on the inside and if you're not a prayer warrior because I'm saying this and I'm not saying it to be judgmental but it is revealing and if you're seeing in yourself no you know what differently uh, in this season man this thing is just pushing me away I'm not even missing God I'm not even missing church I'm not even missing family I'm not even missing that means you are not grounded where you need to be grounded and this is the opportunity if you are under the sound of my voice if you still have the activity of your limbs this is still the chance and the opportunity for you to be able to get where you need to get and be where you need to be and there are many of you that have been cowering under the circumstances and God is saying it's time for you to get to the place where you pray boldly and unashamedly are you with me come on if I got someone that's going to be unashamed and you know that God moves in the midst of bold and unashamed prayers I dare you to put those hands together in your living room and give him the glory hallelujah are y'all being blessed by this I'm almost done I got two more for you and I'm out here we go number four and this one is a big one because when we're talking about uh, praying in front of the windows, some of y'all are like, oh, man, this was my chance. I was just looking to go and cut up on the, on the, on the subway train. Come on, somebody. I could, you know, I thought I just had to keep my tongues uh, into the, in the bedroom. And now, you know what I mean? Now I'm going to be on the subway train and I'm going to eat. You know, and, and we're going to go off in the subway train and we're going to lose our minds in the subway train because we're going to pray and we're going to pray and we're going to lose. Look, look, I want you to understand, though. Let's balance this thing out. I'm talking about adversity. I'm talking about when they tell you you can't pray. Now, I want you to look, though, because we have to balance this out. Don't pray. Here it is. Number four with vanity or verbosity here we go don't pray uh, with vanity or in vanity uh, or verbosity with vanity or verbosity vanity being that you are doing so you are praying so that you can be seen of men so that people can see you and be like, oh, look how cool you are. Or because you are a narcissist and you're like, oh, how wonderful I am. How beautiful are the words that come out, out cometh out of my mouth. You know, and we find like, you know, and I look at what happens in Acts chapter 12, uh, which we're actually going to end on today. But Acts chapter 12, when King Herod, he gave such a great oration. And the Bible makes it clear that he was struck down because he didn't give the glory to God. And he was eaten of worms. And so even in our prayer life, we should not be praying with vanity or in vanity because we want to be seen by men. This is an important passage. Just look at Matthew chapter 6. What book did I say? We're going to Matthew chapter 6 and I want to read verses 5 through 8. And then I want to read verse 16 and 17. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 through 8. And then verse 16 and 17. Somebody say, I got it if you got it. You got it? Okay, here we go. And when you pray... You must not be like the hypocrites. Here again is that idea of hypocrisy. For they love to stand 
and pray in the synagogues. And so this was in the context of Judaism when Jesus was walking on the earth and at the street corners. Here it is, that they may be seen by others. So it's for the purpose of vanity. And it's not because they are standing uh, with assurance and they're unashamed because they are trying to say, you can't stop me, waste youth. I'm still going to pray no matter what. No, this is why they are doing it because they want to be seen. Know anybody like that? People that they do what they do, they have what they have, you know, they think that, they, they think that uh, the summation or the pinnacle of their ministry or of their life is having a, a I love you Jesus bumper sticker because they think if people see this stuff, then they're going to think stuff about them. And many times what we realize is the spirit of hypocrisy is hiding something behind the facade. And so, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues, but watch this, truly I say to you, they have received their reward. So if your reward is to be seen by people, and that's what it's all about, if that's what your Christianity is about, that's your reward. You got it, fam. But you're not going to receive the answer to your prayers, nor are you going to receive a reward from your Father in heaven. And here it is, verse 6. Help us, Jesus. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. See, there's always a balance in Scripture. And context is imperative. He says, and your father who sees you in secret will reward you. And then the Bible says, verse 7, and when you pray, do not, here's the, 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 the verbosity. This is what I'm talking about, being verbose or being, uh, getting to the place where you are speaking or saying more than needs to be said. He says, don't when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. So for those who are watching and you feel like, the, you feel like, oh, I got to pray long and I can't, you know, all of these, uh, su these prayers that these people are praying and I can't pray like this person or that person. How many of you know, I want to let you know that God does not hear you based upon the length of your prayer. Mm. God does not hear you based upon the fact that you are just sitting there. You know you end up snotting and falling out anyway and you wake up. Anybody, anybody ever knelt down to pray and then you woke up like 15 minutes later with a pool of spit in your arm, in your hand? Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. You fought because you were praying longer than you should have been. You already passed what you needed to talk about. And now you thought, oh, God's going to give me extra brownie. The reason why I'm in pray, prayer for an hour every day and sometimes longer than that is because of all the stuff I got to seek God about. I got a lot of response. It's not because I just, I'm like, oh, okay, now I'm done. Jesus, we just going to walk back and forth and we just going to, and we just going to make stuff up and just say stuff for the heck of it. No, he says, don't think that you are heard because of your verbosity that the Gentiles do because that is about vanity. That is about verbosity, but it does not position you to be heard or received in a better place from God. And since we are getting ready uh, to be in a time of fasting, before I get to my last point, verse 16 of that same chapter. And so I, that, that was freeing for somebody right there. You're like, man, I don't, I don't feel I pray long enough. You know, I'm telling you, just continue to seek God. And the more that you seek God, God will put things through the Holy Spirit on your heart you need to pray for. But you don't need to pray longer than you need to just to, to please or appease people. And so verse 16 says, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. <laughs> for they disfigure their faces and their fasting that their fasting may be seen of others truly i say to you they have received their reward there it is but when you fast anoint your head 
So this same oil that we're getting ready to our thing, uh, the same oil that we're getting ready to, 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 to give out to you, these are, this is a point of contact that you can use during this time of fasting. It says, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So look, you know those people, you, it's a setup. They come around you looking crazy, looking like the Loch Ness Monster. Looking like they just, like, you know, and they, and the, the whole idea is so that you can somehow ask them, hey man, what's up, fam? Are you all right? Oh, I'm fasting. And because when you say that, it sounds deeper. When you look that way, you think like looking that way makes you, makes you look more potent or powerful. You know exactly what I'm talking about. How many of you know that when you are fasting, he says that you're not supposed to, again, it's not about vanity. It's not about people looking at you and saying, look how spiritual you are. Look how deep you are. Come on, fasting. Or it's, and it's not about you doing this to afflict yourself because you think that's going to make God answer your prayers. God answers your prayers because of the blood of Jesus, not because of you harm yourself, because you harm yourself. Not because you, fasting is more for you than it is for God. It's about you putting aside your flesh so that you can open yourself up to hear from God. And there are many of you, you think that the way, you think that the fact of the matter is the way that uh, the amount of time you fast or how you look. Oh, you got to be downtrodden. You got No, he says, you ought to be like, yo, this is a time where I am, where I am growing in God. Come on, I'm going to anoint my head. I am going to, because what's coming out of this fast is going to be something that is greater. And come on, can I speak to Surf City family all over? It's going to be grounding. And so consequently, this is something that I ought to celebrate. No, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't wait to yam that subway, fam. I can't wait to go and yam that curry goat when this thing is done. Y'all don't want to be real with me. I can't, I can't wait. I'm focused on the wrong thing. And that's why, come on, somebody, you are, some of us, you are, you are practicing natural starvation, not spiritual discipline. Come on, somebody, you're starving yourself and you're not getting anything out of it because you're focused on your starvation. You're focused on abstaining from food or abstaining from whatever you're abstaining from. And as opposed to focusing on God. So it's imperative that we don't do what we do to be seen by others. And so the last one, I'm excited about this, and I'm, I'm going to say this, and, and, and you know what, I want to talk to us as a church. I want you to grab this, and I want you to get this. We've got to hear number five, pray corporately with expectancy. Come on, say, pray corporately with expectancy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pray corporately with expectancy. There is power in corporate prayer. There is power in us coming together as a body around something and praying and believing God together. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter where it is located. We have seen it here in our midst and I'm believing this is going to be the greatest season. I'm praying specifically and asking that God would release notable miracles in our midst and in the lives of those not only who are watching and call Serve City home but those around the world even throughout the body of Christ for the glory of God because there power when we come together this is what the bible says in james chapter 5 james chapter 5 verse 14 through 16 james chapter 5 verse 14 through 16 pray corporately and with expectancy or with expectation verse 14 says is there anyone who is sick among you god has not called us to do life alone serve city you know we talk about this all the time and this there's power in this he says is there anyone among you sick let him call for the elders or pastors of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. 
And the prayer of faith will save or heal the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. This is a principle in scripture. Does it mean that every time, and I have to always balance it out, does it mean that every time that the elders come together and anoint someone and pray for them, that they are always going to be sick? I've prayed for people with cancer and they have been healed. I've prayed for eyes uh, that have been experiencing issues and they've been healed. But I've also prayed for people and they've died. I've also prayed for people and seen the things not happen that we have sought God for. Does this mean that God is not able? No, because we've seen him do it before. And his will, in his will, he might say no. In his will, he might heal someone through heaven than healing them on the earth. But in many cases, God, when we come together as a body, it's powerful. When we come together corporately and we pray and leaders in church come around people who are sick or in need. But then notice this. It's not just about leaders. Goes on and said, goes on again and says in verse 15, and the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. The Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Verse 16, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you will be healed. The prayer of a righteous person through the blood of Jesus, not through, for, for, through perfection, has great power as it is working. Some translations say the prayers of the righteous avail much. This is powerful because he's saying, notice, he doesn't say confess your sins to a priest. Did he say that in the text? He doesn't say go into a confessional booth and tell them. No, he says in gospel community. This is why. Notice we see two dynamics. We don't just see leadership, but we also see gospel community. And notice, he's making it clear that when we are to the place where we are, where we, we pray corporately, we come, we come together and we confess to one another. We're in trusted gospel community. We come together and we pray for one another. We can experience healing. There are many of you that you're not experiencing the healing that you need because you've been holding on to the sin and you've been holding on to the stuff and the shame instead of releasing it and putting it out there. And praying with one another. I'm excited to shameless plug. Life groups is getting ready to come. And I'm excited about life groups. You know, we had our best season. The last season was, was our best season yet. And I'm excited because this season I'm believing we are going to lean in and have an even greater season in this year. Come on. Uh, somebody in the chat, if, you're, uh, if you know about life groups, put life groups is where it's at. Life groups is where it's at. Shameless plug. Stay tuned for life groups. We're getting it together for you. But this last passage I want to read here. In Acts chapter 12. What book did I say? Acts chapter 12, and I want to read verses uh, from verses 12, from verse 12 really quickly. And I want you to note where we're talking about pray corporately and with expectancy. Here it is. About the time Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church, he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. There's some forms of warfare and things that happen in your life because the enemy will do things that he knows will please your enemies and so here and i don't have time to preach on that and unpack that but notice he does he seizes peter because he knows that it because he sees that it will please the jews verse four and when he had seized him he put him in a prison delivering him to over four squads of soldiers the king james says quaternions and this idea of four squads four sets of four soldiers so 16 soldiers to guard him intending after passover to bring him out to the people he was ultimately we believe going to kill peter as well now watch this here it is verse five so peter was kept in prison 
but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Oh, my. Instead of them tripping, oh, Peter's in prison. You know, some people probably say, oh, he in prison because he did X, Y, and Z. Come on. You know, like every time somebody's in trouble, lots of times, like John chapter 9, the man is born blind. And they're like, mm-hmm, what did his mama do? What did his daddy do? He must be blind because of some sin that they committed. Come on. We always often will peg on people that stuff that we're going through is because of bad stuff. But no, it says, but earnest prayer. Someone say earnest prayer. Uh, earnest prayer is made is made was made for him to God by the church and this is one of those sir mix a lot moments uh, Peter was kept in prison but earnest prayer a big but here in the scripture that I believe is imperative for us if we as a church when we see people having issues and having problems that we ought to get to the place where we are in earnest prayer Verse 6 declares and says, now when Herod was about to bring him out on that night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chairs. Remember, the church is in earnest prayer. And the Bible says, and centuries before the next door were guarding the prison. I love scripture. Oh God, I love your word. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter. Come on, somebody say earnest prayer. He struck Peter on the side and woke him saying, get up quickly and the chains fell off of his hands watch this oh this is wonderful and the angel said to him dress yourself and put on your sandals and he did so and he said to him wrap your cloak around you and follow me and he went out and followed him he did not know that what was being done by the angel was real but thought he was seeing a vision man i'm telling you that god oftentimes does stuff in our lives and and i don't know if you've ever been there i've been there where i'm like man is this thing even for real i mean sometimes i look around and i gotta pinch myself like is this actually happening is this something that's really happening come on that's why i'm saying we gotta pray corporately and with expectancy and the bible says in verse 10 when he had passed the first and second guard they came to the iron gate leading into the city it opened for them of its own cord uh, when the church is praying it's stuff that will happen you don't have to bust the door down come on somebody you don't got i'm telling you there is power when the church prays corporately they're making earnest prayer they are not where peter is but doors are opening of their own accord because the prayers of the righteous have much power as they're working oh can i talk to you about a church that's knee deep come on here it is here it is here it is and so the door opens of its own accord and they went out and went along one street immediately the angel left him verse 11 i'm almost done when peter came when peter came uh, to himself he said now i am sure so before he was like man i don't know if this thing is a vision but now he says i am sure watch this uh, i am sure uh i am sure i am sure that the lord sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. The Jewish people at that time, not an insult to Jews, but at that time they were expecting the demise of Peter. But the church was at home praying, expecting the deliverance of Peter. Oh my God, I wonder if who I'm talking to, you got to get to the place where you know the expectation 
expectation of the world you know the expectation of your enemies but you also are standing with some expectation you got some expectation of your own you expect that the body of Christ is still gonna be alive come on somebody you expect that even though they shut down buildings that the church is still gonna be alive you expect that bodies are still gonna be healed you expect that lives are still gonna be changed you expect that the gospel is still gonna do what it's supposed to do don't walk in the expectation of the world you and I ought to get to the place where we pray corporately and with expectation that God is still able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that works within us if you believe it you ought to give God the praise I'm just I'm like man that's an angry black man no I'm not angry I'm just excited I'm passionate about this thing because I want to see a change I want to see a shift and the Bible makes it clear in verse 12 when he realized this he went to the house of Mary the mother of John whose name was Mark where many gathered together and they were praying and when he knocked at the door of the gateway a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer recognizing Peter's voice in her joy she did not open the door of the gate but ran in and reported that Peter was standing at the gate oh man you ever been so excited about what took place that you didn't even open the door there are many of you God has answered your prayer and you is still knocking and you haven't opened it up yet and she goes back and she kept insisting and saying it was his angel but Peter continued knocking and when he opened he saw they saw him they were amazed oh my and then he describes to them what the Lord had done and so they had expectation and, the, and but when the girl wrote it that comes to the door it's almost as if she was like whoa she was shocked and surprised and I'm telling you we got to get to the, the place where we are people who are not walking guessing whether or not God is going to answer if he says no that's one thing but have you even heard an answer yet are you continuing to walk in a place where you're not even seeking God? Oh, I hope this has helped somebody today. It's imperative for us to be knee deep. Our prayers should be consistent and persistent. Our prayers should not be prideful or hypocritical. Release them in Jesus' name. We got to pray boldly and unashamedly. Don't pray with vanity or verbosity. And number five, we've got to pray corporately and with expectancy that if God said it, he is going to bring it to pass and so this week I encourage you to go into I encourage you to go into this week of prayer trusting the Lord and knowing that he will bring to pass his word even as I talk today and close this out with sharing around the gospel and the power of the gospel which God says is his Paul says is the power of God unto salvation I want to encourage you to note and understand today right where you are you're saying why should I pray to this God I'm here to tell you, you should pray to him because he loves you Bible makes it clear that God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son Yahweh the most high God he saw that we messed up and he's like you know what even though you messed up and the wages of sin is death the consequence for your disobedience is death 
which has now become hereditary. That's why everybody's always dying. It's because of the disobedience of man. We were not meant to die. But the beauty is the Bible makes it clear. Instead of leaving us stranded that he came to earth and put on flesh and lived perfectly because he knew that you and I would not. And then he went to the cross and he got up and he died. He sacrificed his life in your and my place. And now the Bible makes it clear he extends to us a free gift called salvation. We are saved from death. So even if you die, you don't die and cease to exist or go to a place called hell that the Bible talks about. But you go to be with Jesus. And not only is it a future promise, but right now you can begin a relationship with God. And a big part of that relationship is prayer that we've been talking about today. But the first step in this is giving your life to him turning your life over to him the bible says in john 3 16 god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but would have everlasting life and so if you would believe in him if you would put your faith in him and his works and what he did if you would put your trust in him if you would give your life to him he'll give you new life he'll forgive you of all your sins no matter what you've done you're like, man, I got to get it together. Before. No, you don't got to get it together. He already got it together. He wants you just as you are. So I encourage you to come to him today. Romans 10 and 9 says, if you confess with your mouth that he is Lord, you want him to be the king and the boss of your life. And if you believe indeed in your heart that not only did he die, but that he rose from death with all power, that you would be saved. This is what it's all about. And so today in this moment, I encourage you today in this moment, where you are, I encourage you to put your trust and your faith in Jesus. And so I'm getting ready to pray a prayer of commitment. I'm going to lead this prayer of commitment. It's not the prayer that saves. It's Jesus who saves. Nonetheless, nonetheless, this prayer is a line in the sand where you're saying today is my day. You might have even run away from God. I'm here to tell you, even if you ran away from him, he has not run away from you. And some of you, you need to get back into that restored place to start off this year. And so if that person is you today and you're like, Pastor, I want you to include me in this prayer. Right where you are, every head bow, every eye closed, look in your heart, do some introspection. Do you know the Lord? Are you in relationship with him? If you were to die today, would you go to hell or would you be with him forever? On the count of three, if you're like, today this is me, I want to put my trust in him. I want you on the count of three to pop that hand up right where you are. Here we go. On the count of three, one, two, three, if that person is you. It's my first time I'm giving my life to Christ or I'm recommitting my life to him. I see you in the spirit, wherever it is that you are watching from. Glory to God. And so look, in this moment, we're going to pray this prayer. I want you to pray it together, Serve City, wherever you are. Let's pray this together. Let's not let them pray by themselves. We pray as a support to their faith and an affirmation um, of our own. And so we just say, God, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins and rising from death with all power come into my heart make me new forgive me of my sins and be with me now and forevermore in jesus name amen come on i dare you to celebrate right now right where you are come on put those hands together and give god glory we celebrate you and your decision for christ hallelujah it's the best one that you could ever make